Gets open for three. Dagger! The kick in, here it comes. Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books! Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions! You like that? You like that? I like that. Welcome in. This is Defeating the Curse. Stevie, welcome back. Rando midday show here for both of us. This is, uh, I don't know, I kind of get geeked up for the midday shows. I'm, I'm wide awake. I don't have to deal with my kids going crazy. I don't have to clean the kitchen. I'm just, I'm just here. My ears are kind of hot, so I'm going to lose these cans in a second. But Stevie, where, where have you been, man? Where have you been? Maybe unmute so everybody could hear you. We're not live or anything. Yeah, gosh. Hit that mute button, baby. Hit you that see mute how button. long? See how long it's been? I can't, I can't even get know, the mute button right. It's, okay. it's a little embarrassing to be honest. But welcome Man. back. I mean, the beard is looking a little strong, little little grizzly. We're, you know, we're setting like up for November. That's interesting. Movember, yeah. Movember's coming up. Uh, we're setting up for it. Getting the it's fall weather outside. It's beautiful out. Baseball playoffs. Redskins football team stink. Okay, fall is in the air. Look, fall is in the air, but you, I'm surprised. Like, it's been several weeks where you've had an opportunity probably to come on here and kill this football team and opted not to do it. So don't put it on me. I know you're always like, oh, you're leaving me off the show. I'm not leaving you off the show. You're either too busy or not interested, but I know you got some thoughts on this team. I doubt you've watched any of this. There's no chance you've been watching any of the football team. And this morning, this morning, interestingly enough, we woke up to news that. Ron decided that the kicking team, the kicking was the biggest problem, apparently. Like, I'm not a Hopkins guy, but on the list of 10, 15 things that needed to be changed week to week or, or overall, I, I mean, I don't understand this at all. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is fascinating. I mean, this is a guy whose house is on fire, and he's trying to save, you know, the, the lunchbox or something. I mean, this is crazy. I mean... I'm starting to question Ron Rivera, okay? And that, I wouldn't have thought that we would have come to this place, but we are here when you get a defensive-minded coach who comes in, brings in his staff, brings in his guys, brings in, you know, this kind of fresh outlook year two, and we are, they are who we thought they were, okay? We are where we are because yeah, this team has revealed who they are. I mean, I said... Almost 10 weeks ago now, this is a bad defense. And every single week, people say, give it a week. This is their breakout. This is this. And they'll point at one play here, one play there. And the summation of everything is this is a bad football team. This has become a bad football team. Yes. And and quitting on Hopkins and and cutting Hopkins loose. I don't get this Hopkins thing at all. Like the guy's 85% on the season. He's missed. He's missed in the past in big moments. He's he's been iced and missed. Like I, I'm not a Hopkins fan. I like him as a dude, and we've actually got a chance to meet him a couple times. He's a cool dude, but as a kicker, you can do better. But I don't know if you can do better seven weeks into the season when your whole team, like you said, the building's on fire. You've got your head athletic trainer being investigated by the feds. You've got th- this debacle of the Sean Taylor retirement ceremony over you know this past weekend, and I covered that on Monday, and I can't I can't go back to that because, like, my wife actually came down; she had to calm me down. Like, I was I was livid, livid on Sunday, and I
And I got all worked up again on Monday when we were recording the show. So I can't go back to that either. But honestly, this morning, when Ron wakes up or when he's meeting with the coaches, kicking the kicking game can't be that high on the list of things that have to be sorted out. How is Hopkins at 85% no longer on the football team roster, but Landon Collins is still here? I don't, I don't well, get it. Well, that, that, that's why I'm questioning Ron Rivera's. I think this has more to do with finding a scapegoat than actually trying to fix things. And that's where I'm questioning Ron Rivera's character right now. We've always, you've been able to question defensive play calling, Jack Del Rio, Scott Turner. But one thing that's always been impeccable is Ron Rivera's character. Right now, today, October 20th, I'm going to question Ron Rivera's character and question whether or not that Washington football team disease, that corporate culture that is poisonous and disgusting and awful, has it infected Ron Rivera, because he came in as a stand-up guy. And right now, they clearly made Dustin Hopkins to be a scapegoat for a really bad start to a bad football team that seems to be inclined to have a bad football season. But what are they season. expecting so- is going to happen with Chris Blewett now on, on the roster? First of all, amazing <laughs> name for a kicker. Amazing. The jokes really, they honestly, the jokes write themselves. So this is this is the gift that keeps giving for everybody that's in the broadcast industry that has to cover this team or wants to cover this team. But that aside... Hopkins was 85% on the season. Hopkins was a known commodity. He was a, he was a, a all around a, a, a solid locker room guy. I understand that bring somebody in to compete with him. I get it. But you just cut, you just cut a guy that re, again, it really, he may have been an issue, but he wasn't the biggest issue, right? Like they didn't lose to Kansas city because of blown field goals, right? Well, they almost well, lost to the giants. Like it's like, what does this do for your team now? Well, now? Hold on a second, though. May If Chris Blewett can teach Chase Young how to have some type of move to the quarterback and he can play right and right oh, tackle you know, and right guard, and maybe, he can. Yeah, maybe he's coming in as a hybrid, you know, player, coach, and kicker. Okay, maybe you're right. You're right. Maybe maybe that's what they're doing. <laughs> maybe that's, what, I, I, maybe I, that's I, the plan. I mean, at this point, Chris Blewett may be able to cover someone better than St. Juice. Okay, at this point, he may be able to cover the deep ball better than Landon Collins is, is doing right now. I mean, this defense has problems from top to bottom. And and I'm so sick and tired of – I'm sick and tired of, of being sick and tired. Who said that? Was that Clinton? Was that Bernie? I think it was Bernie. I think that's a Bernie uh, line. Uh, I, what I'm sick and tired of is hearing Chase Young every week saying, all right, you know, doubt us. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep track yeah. all these guys doubting us. I'm sick and tired hear, of – I don't want to hear um, out of that guy anymore. Who's the is it the middle linebacker uh, who's saying you know I'm taking notes of who's writing down all this stuff. That's all gonna, Chase. Our, Those it's are all nonsense. Chase and then every time I, I look up, he's in a Gatorade commercial with our our, our former buddy Bryce Harper. So uh, listen, this defense has problems top to bottom. Okay, the quarterback. I'll give a pass to Heineke. Okay. They're getting some film on him. They're figuring him out a little bit. He's regressing to the mean. But like he's not you a said, franchise guy. He's not a franchise guy, right? He's, and, and yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll admit that. I'm I'm comfortable saying that. I don't. He was never the franchise guy, right? And we we talked about this. I, I think more than necessary. I, I don't know who's casually tuning into a, a a sports show like this one. I mean, you either have a franchise quarterback in this league or you don't. And in reality, there's probably ten teams that have one and five or six that are amazing, right? On the entire planet at this position, this is. This is, it is the most important position on any sport, on any team sport there is, period. And there's only so many amazing ones. Now, 
we happen to be facing a young one in Mahomes this past weekend, and now we get an older one, you know, a grizzled vet who literally is screaming at fans in Chicago, I own you, right? I mean, that's who we get to play now on Sunday. Heineke was never going to be that guy, right? He, he was always going to be a stopgap. But I, I like you, I'm, I've started to question Ron, the coach. Like, as a man, again, this is not, this, none of this is personal. But as a coach, he seems to be disconnected. As a coach, as a, as a as a figurehead, as a as a, almost a mouthpiece of the team, unfortunately, he stepped into the same thing that that Jay Wright stepped into with the with the twenty one retirement, saying we didn't we didn't understand or we underestimated that the fans wanted to be a part of it. I'm like, you underestimated the fans, like wanting to be there for for probably the most revered player in the history of the team. I mean, there's only and I said this on Monday as well. There's only been three retirement ceremonies for the for the football team ever three. And this one was handled so poorly. It just, it like, if there was still someone out there saying they're going to get it right, they're going to get it right. This should dispel any of that. They're never going to figure this out. As long as Snyder's involved, they will never figure no, this out. No, no, leave Snyder alone. Can I bash Jason Wright for a second? Is he untouchable? I, I don't know. No, no one. Are we allowed to bash him? I don't know. I think Why he's, not? I think you're, I think there's, a, there's some type of rule that Jason Wright is not allowed to be bashed. His statement Whether is it's foolish. for, well, He's such a phony, and we know things about him that we people know don't know, things. okay? But he's a phony, okay? And and I, I can't stand him. I think he's a disaster. L- let me ask you a question, though, Joe, just to get on a little bit better. Uh, I don't want to bash Jason Wright. Um, what would the, the team's record be with Ryan Fitzpatrick right now? You know, that's the irony. I think it's the same. Maybe they're one uh, win better, right? Hundred so percent. Maybe right. maybe they're maybe they're one win better. You know, I know we did our preseason. I'm always going to pick them to win close ones and whatever. But you know, the Chargers game they probably win, probably. Maybe that's the one. The Atlanta game they won anyway. The New York game they won anyway. Fitzpatrick wasn't going to get them over over Kansas City. They it wasn't going to get them over the Bills. So I mean, you you probably end up in the same in the same spot. But I think there's a difference between between being two and four and competitive and losing by a touchdown, a field goal, ten points, and being terrible. Like, the, you know, Fitzpatrick wasn't going to fix the defense. The defense was still going to be piss poor. This defense, like, there's something to be said about trying to build a defensive juggernaut or a defensive powerhouse team or a defensive focused team in 2021. I mean, if you watched if you watched the the Chargers Browns game a couple a couple nights ago or last week, sorry, Sunday last week, or this past Monday night game, the Bills and the Titans, neither neither defense could stop the offense. They the offense is dictating. They're basically saying, you do whatever you want on defense. We're gonna go get these points, and it's gonna come down to whoever has the ball last. And that's why. And I I I think McDermott made the right call on Monday night to go for it. You know, worst case, worst case, you're going to get it, run the clock, you know, tie the game. No one's anticipating that you can't convert a fourth in inches. I, th- I still think it was the right call. And when we get to our power rankings, the Bills slip a little bit because they did pick up that loss. But that was the right call. The Bills are going to be fine. Bills Mafia will be fine. The team is very good. But both of those teams basically at halftime said, you know what? These we Defensively, we can't stop either of these, these offensive units. It's just going to be a shootout. Most of the league buys into that same mentality. For some reason here... In Washington, we're trying to build a defense to stop everybody. Right now, they can't stop anybody, and the offense can't score. The offense, the offense can't consistently get down the field and score. We and, and FP went crazy on, on the. You know, he was hundred percent right. Third down in anything, we can't. We will not convert it. It's not going to happen. It'll never happen. Third and eight, we run a four yard slant. 
Like, it's so frustrating. And then to hear Ron, and we always do Ron quotes on Wednesday shows, to hear Ron say, you know, we're, we ask Heineke to identify the defense and take what the defense is giving him. No, no, the whole league, nobody in the league takes what the defense gives you. You go out there and you you make the defense adjust to what you want to do. Tennessee doesn't go out there and decide, well, oh, they're, they're only playing four in a box. We're going to run Derrick Henry. They say, no, good luck stopping this freight train. We're going to run him down your throat 20 times. And when you're tired of trying to tackle him, we're going to run him some more. This idea, this old mentality of just scheme a game plan around what the defense is giving you is so stupid. It's so flawed. But that's what this team is doing week in and week out. Like, well, I mean, it's what they have to do because they don't have. But Derrick they shouldn't. Henry. It's they what they have. They had, they had the they had the only defense worse than Washington football team this past Sunday, or the, the, is the Kansas City Chiefs who they faced this past Sunday? They still couldn't move the ball. So, I mean, now we're dead last, right? So now there there is nothing more to to say that is positive about the football team. And I'm interested to see if you've got them in your bottom five. For me. You know, I'm not going to bury it here. I got them just outside the top five, just because I'm a homer and it's my team. I can't, I can't bring myself to do it yet. But Ron is the last coach in the league that's trying to build a juggernaut defense and just game manage the offense. Everyone else is out there trying to score points. Even the the poopy giants are slinging the ball all over the place to receivers we've never heard of. Only I mean, in Washington, it, we're running four yard slants, bubble screens. It's the same anemic offense that we've been watching here now. F- basically since Kirk Cousins left. I mean, at this point, you might as well go Gibbs 3.0, okay? <laughs> when he was running off tackle uh, three times a week. But, and you know, it's funny is in this current league, I mean, the guy we're facing on Sunday kind of, you know, mastered this principle. It's about the, the team who has the ball last. And it's not even just about the team who has the ball last. It's about now. I don't need more than 30 seconds to get in field goal range. I mean, Aaron Rodgers proved that over and over and over again. Yeah, the Patriots on Sunday went 97 yards in four plays in under 30 seconds. It's it's a it's a new jack kind of league here. And so you're right. This team is stuck in 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 the dark ages and it is going to get really ugly here over these next few weeks when you talk about Green Bay and Tampa Bay coming in and a bye week and the schedule is going to, they're going to be in your bottom five. If they're not in it today, they will be I mean, in it truly over the they next belong two weeks. There. They, they do but belong there. They do. But the only thing I'll say to you is, is Taylor Heineke, Ryan Fitzpatrick, the record would be the same. On the flip side of that, if what you were saying before the season, I say you and your other schmucks that, that are co-hosts on the show, if you guys were true and that defense played up to par, we'd be four and two. That's the difference. If we would have won that Chargers game if we had superstars on that uh, defense who could make plays and yeah. cause some turnovers and cause some havoc, we would be four and two, and we'd be talking about if we had a mediocre defense. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we'd be four right. and two if this was an average defense, meaning 15, 15, anywhere between twelve and seventeen, just middle of the pack defense. Yeah, that's that's the reckoning. That needs to happen over the next couple of weeks. Jack Del Rio needs to be fired. Yes. I don't know. Del Rio why losing that, his job should have happened before Hopkins lost his. Absolutely. Right. Scott absolutely. Turner Especially losing his with job a, should have happened Ron, before Hopkins lost his. And let's see Ron call the defense. You're a defensive coach. Go ahead. But, call but, even, the but, see, but even that sentiment, it's 2021. De- teams are out there trying to score 40 points. Like you said, get the ball last and try to score to win the game. Like all this defensive mindset, this we're gonna like even the good defenses, like the Rams and the Cardinals, 
they don't stress the defense. Like the defense goes out there. It's, it's I won't say it's vanilla. It's it's more complex than what we have here in, in DC. But it's all offensive focused. You've got to score points. This idea they, they, of I'm just going to stop the other team is is foolish in this league. It's it's foolish. This team is such a waste of space. Look, why are we talking about that? We got great baseball. We have the promise of a new season in the NBA, which I don't care about. I'm sure you've got soccer. I don't care about either. We've got golf and tennis. I wish if if it would plenty we could talk about. I would talk soccer all the time, but nobody nobody cares about what ratings. How many people are showing up to FedEx Field? Fifty thousand. I saw fifty thousand. No, no. That's 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 what they claim as the attendance. And you know, on Nats Park nights, on big nights, you're getting 45, 48,000. So it's and again, how many of those were Chiefs fans? How many of those were Giants fans? How many of those were Charger fans? Can we talk about so, the Chiefs doing the, the tomahawk chop and like the irony behind the the other Native American imagery team being okay and being allowed and coming into this building and doing the tomahawk chop. Like no one else thought that was just a little weird. Just a little weird. I don't know. This, well, this I mean, team, the, this team the, is the Braves are doing it. I don't understand what Ron is doing. I, you know, we'll figure out how to bet this game on Sunday just to be interested. I, I don't. I mean, I don't think they'll be in it past halftime. Aaron might set a career. He might throw for six hundred yards. He, he legitimately oh, could oh, throw for six hundred yards. Devontae. Was, yeah. If there was a bet, if there was a line, whatever, whatever the over is on Aaron Rodgers passing yards, take it because he's going to light this team up. I mean, they, they can't stop anybody. They can't stop anybody. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes, you pick which one's better. Um, you know, the savvy vet's going to figure out how to do it. It's, this is just, it's too, it's too potent of an offense. And our defense stinks. The, I mean, this is not a get-right game. I'm, I'm done with all that. I'm done with it. But I do, I am curious, though. So I got the Packers, I got the Packers in my top five this week. They were just outside last week. I'll give you my top five and give me yours. Or maybe they're the same. We'll see. So at number five, I got the Bucks. The Bucks last week had fallen out. They toyed with the Eagles on 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 Thursday night. They look great. Tom Brady maybe looks a smidge older, but that offense has got enough pieces in it. They're going to keep rolling. They're not going to lose to the football team in a couple of weeks. So I got the Bucks at five. I got the Packers at four. And it's same thing. Like I called them dead and said Joe Barry was an idiot on week one. You know, I'm I'm eating a lot of dog food this week. I mean, these guys are rolling. I don't. They may not lose a game for a couple more weeks, depending. You know, the way that their schedule is stacking up. And Aaron Rodgers is rolling. And any any quarterback that's going to look a fan base like Chicago in the literally in the eyeballs and say, "I own you," I effing own you, Matt. Like he's fun to watch, man. He he is must watch. Even like the on field stuff, the off field stuff, whatever. I got the Packers at four. I got the Cowboys at three. Last week I had them at four. They're moving up to three. I think they're real. I don't know how you know. FP mentioned this. I don't know how anyone cheers against Dak just from a like a human perspective. I mean, as a team, I can't cheer for him. I want to see Dak succeed. I love the story. He's got so many offensive weapons on that roster. He's got three legitimate pass-catching options, plus he's got Zeke. That offensive line is just mauling people. They're a legitimate contender, not just... I mean, they're going to run away with the NFC East. I think they're a legitimate contender in the NFC, and I think they can beat the Bucs, even though they lost to him on opening night. That was a really close game, and I think if they were meeting this week, I would pick the Cowboys to beat the Bucs. Number two... I got the Bills. I had them at number one last week, even though the Cardinals remain undefeated. So obviously the Cardinals are my number one. I got the Bills at number two. The loss obviously is going to hurt. They hung in there with a quality team in Tennessee. Josh Allen is, is a baller. I mean, that team can run the ball. And most importantly for me, that defense, 
that defense can do enough to keep the offense basically in, in any game. Emmanuel Sanders is, I mean, he, I don't know. He, he looks like he's 10 years younger in Buffalo for some reason. So we'll see what happens when the weather changes and things, you know, maybe, um, you know, when they become more of a running game, but or a running team, but the bills are sitting at number two and then the Cardinals are number one, you know, no, no head coach, no problem. They just keep rolling through people. Um, I mean, I think they're going to be undefeated. They may, they may get to eight or nine and zero before, before they're really tested based on how their schedule is stacked up as well. Their division games, they've handled they've handled business pretty much against anybody. Really hasn't been any close games. I mean, one or two were a little bit close heading into the fourth. But overall, Cardinals look really good. The Bills look really good. The Cowboys are my surprise. I didn't have them anywhere near the top 10, top 5. They look like a complete team. That defense is, is, is balling out too. Just a good-looking, well-built team. And it's arguably the best one in Dallas since, I don't know, early, early 2000s. So... That's my top five: Bucks, Packers, Cowboys, Bills, Cardinals at one. Who do you got? Okay, I think it's similar. I got uh, the Pack at five, um, and I think they're on a roll. I mean, I I, I think back to week one, they lost by thirty-five, I believe, yeah, to, the, to the Saints in Jacksonville. Okay. Yes, to, to, it, right in Jacksonville to Jameis. So that looks like a totally different team right now. And I think uh, Aaron Rodgers is hot. They're going to stay hot. And, uh, you know, that's my number five. Number four, I have the Cowboys. I think, like you said, they are putting together, they are what looks like the most complete team potentially in the NFC outside of the Cardinals right now. I mean, I think, you know, that offensive line is so good. I don't want to take anything away from Jack, but that offensive line is, it doesn't matter if Zeke's back there. It doesn't matter if the other running backs back there. I mean, they are, are protecting, they're running the ball really well. Uh, so I give them that the, uh, number four. Number three, I got the Ravens. I don't think you had the Ravens in there. I didn't watch a lot of football, but what they did to the Chargers on Sunday, 28-point blowout, they look like the team to beat in the AFC. So I, I'm high on the Ravens. I think Lamar Jackson's special. I think they rise to the level of team they're playing against, and I think they're uh, uh, going to step it up. Two and one, I think I had the same as you. Buffalo, even though they lost, um, still looked really, really good. Credible ceiling uh, for this team. They're going to have it, you know, they're going to be there the whole year. And then Arizona right now has the MVP in, in Kyla Murray. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, they look like the most complete team in the NFC uh, between them and the Cowboys. So they do. I mean, they uh, do. They can run the ball. They obviously can throw the ball pretty much anywhere. They, they've got AJ Green looks like he's AJ Green from seven or eight seasons ago. I mean, he looks he looks fresh all the time. Whenever he's on the field, he's being targeted. You know, they're resting him between like every other series. Like he, he just looks good. He just looks good. And that offense seems to be clicking. Um, to answer your question, yeah, I have the Ravens, Rams, and Chargers all just outside of my top five. Ravens, mm-hmm. I'm not fully, like Lamar is must watch. The defense is good. Um, they can't, I mean, the running game is just, it's a very unique offense that they're running there. You know, like they don't have a stud number one receiver or number two. It's just, you know, it, it's what, it, their offense is what Washington would like dream to be, basically. I mean, yes, Washington has McLaurin. Lamar carries that team, you know, and, and I was just wrong on, on him. I mean, he's able to get it done every week, regardless of what, if they put eight in front of him, he's going to just dink and dunk them the defense to death. It, to death. If they, he's got four or three down linemen, He's going to run right through you. So it's just very interesting to see how how Baltimore continues to be competitive, continues to build around him 
in the center of that. The Rams, Rams look great too. I mean, the Rams, yes, they they they're gonna lose some of these games like they did this week. They're gonna they're gonna drop some, but they're gonna be there at the end. I do believe. I think they're gonna. I don't know if they're gonna be able to catch Arizona the way Arizona's playing right now as far as the division goes, but they are they are they are a really good team. I mean, they've got a good coach, great coach potentially. Um, I mean, McVay's a great coach. They've got. I mean, Stafford is balling out. Stafford's got weapons all over the place offensively, and the defense can hold their own too. And then finally, the Chargers. I mean, that was my probably my, my one disappointing team. I had them almost. I had them at five last week, if I'm not mistaken. They fall. I mean, they just looked really bad, really bad against uh, against the Ravens. I think they'll bounce back. And again, I feel like for the duration of Justin Herbert's career, we here in DC are going to look at him and think. That could have been our guy, right? And and to be fair, most people had Tua over Justin anyway. So if Washington was going to pick a quarterback, it probably would have been Tua. But oh man, Justin, he's the Chargers. The Chargers go from Drew Brees to Philip Rivers to Justin Herbert. They will be competitive. They will be like you, they will not need to address that position for the next seven to ten years. You know, whereas Washington and most of the league needs to adopt the uh, the Clay Travis model of drafting a quarterback every single draft. Mm-hmm. Like use every single draft. You've got to identify five or six guys you like and you've got to roll the dice and draft them because it's impo- like it's literally the lottery. When you have a franchise quarterback, you are winning the lottery. Well, when you have it, it, one, you're you are going to be on a different trajectory than when you don't. The greatest example of that was going from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. I mean, they went from Hall of Famer they tanked for a year and then got another guy who obviously retired uh, early. I mean, but- look at Green Bay right now. Green Bay went from Favre to Rodgers, and they got their guy, they think, right right behind him. Um, I'm blanking on his name right now. but I Jordan mean, Love. Yeah. So, like, that, that's, what you, that's what you do, right? You, you, I mean, Aaron was pissed about it, but this is what the good franchises do. You know, it's interesting. Let's see what the Patriots end up doing, right? Belichick went and grabbed Cam Newton and said, I'm going to use you for a year. I don't expect much out of you. Cut him as if he was nothing. He hasn't been claimed anyway. So, again, Belichick was right. And now, you know, Mac Jones could be the guy. I mean, he was able – he's he's moving the offense, right? I mean, he's they got to get pieces around him. But you look at him, would you rather have would you rather have Mac Jones on your roster right now if you're the football team or this collection of Fitzpatrick, Heineke, and whoever is going to be here next year, right? Some of that is just you take the known commodity. You know, some of these quarterbacks aren't going to pan out. But if you're a team like the football team, you haven't had a franchise guy ever, really, in our lifetime. Rippin is the closest thing to it. You've got to draft a quarterback every year. Well, let's not forget we had Brad Johnson. We did have Brad Johnson for two seasons. We made the playoffs. Sure. We had RG3, and we thought he was going to be the answer. But by the end of the 12th season, he was broken. And then we had Kirk, but because they never actually gave him a contract – you could never build around him. He was Bruce Allen <laughs> completely trashed that that opportunity. Like say what you will about Kirk Cousins. I mentioned this the other day. Um, I put it in our chat, our our like WhatsApp chat as well. Kirk just eclipsed thirty thousand career passing yards. Right, he's the fiftieth quarterback ever to do it. If if he's still here, you're in a better position than if he's not. We're four and two. Fine, but you're not addre- But you're not. But a week in and week out, we're not arguing and complaining about. No, that, that, that's what I'm saying is you're on your way to a 10-win season if Kirk Cousins is well, here in look, Washington and I would argue this that, crappy defense. Well, well, it, this is a little bit of revisionist history here, but if Kirk is on, if Kirk is the quarterback of last year's team and we're not doing this Haskins uh, experiment nonsense, they're, they're better than a 7-win team because that defense was good against 
terrible, terrible quarterbacks, right? And that was your point. That team probably would have been in a better position. Maybe they still lose to the Bucs. We'll never know. But Kirk on the roster for the past seven seasons under contract, not year to year, allows the whoever's in charge, whether it's Bruce or Ron or whoever, to address all of the other holes. Like if, if you tell me today you could have Kirk Cousins with one more year on his contract and this defense, which you drafted anyway, with these offensive weapons that you've gotten out, that's a better situation. But we don't have that. We, we let him walk. And when he was here, we Bruce kept doing the one-year thing. You couldn't really pay him a boatload. Right? Yeah, so, but we still paid him a boatload too. So they lost yeah. both ways. Well, this look, team he's, he's going to be a free sucks. agent after this season, right? He, his three years in Minnesota will be done. It is so nice to have my Sundays back to myself and not have to watch this team, okay? Everyone should stop watching this team. Everyone should stop going to FedEx. Everyone should stop buying merchandise. That's the only way that things will change. Enjoy your Sundays. Either watch someone else's football team or spend time with your kids, not your wife. I know. I'm going to give you I'm going to give you my bottom 5 and then we'll move off this topic. I want to get to baseball real quick too. All right, bottom 5, I got the in in no specific order. I got the Jags, Lions, Jets, Texans, and just outside the Washington football team. When they lose this week, assuming any of the teams I just mentioned win a game, I will have the WFT in my bottom five next week. Yeah, I, I would put them in there now. I mean, I, I, I can even get the Jets out just because the Jets are more exciting and look like they're trending upwards with Zach Wilson. Uh, so, yeah, I got the same teams. They all suck. I mean, you could add in the Falcons, throw in, you know. Dolphins, maybe. Dolphins. Dolphins lost to the Jags. I mean, it, yeah, th- these teams are bad, and it sucks that oh, we're sitting man. here talking about the football team being associated with them, but they belong in the bottom five, six teams. The football team is just not a good team. It's just not it's, a good it's, team. It's, and it's more than not good. We're not entertaining. See, now there, there were certain teams that uh, – weren't good, but were at least entertaining. Okay. That I appreciated those teams because they keep my attention for three hours on a Sunday. The the football team is not either of those. And it goes back to your your third and eights running four yard slants. Um it's a bad team in every sense of the word. Yeah. And Ron today is addressing the kicker. I mean I I I just don't get it, man. I, I don't get it. I want to switch gears though. Let's get off of this. I mean there's no chance you have them beating the Packers, right? Can we just do that quickly? Stevie who you got on Sunday? Oh, come on, come on. We're kind of stupid. Good. So we both got the Packers. Come Let's on. just move on. I come want to talk about something more exciting. So I know you don't care about the NBA. I do like the NBA. I enjoy basketball. Okay, I, I, I do. I do. It was a little uneventful yesterday, opening night. The Wizards will open up uh, later this week. But I I want to talk about baseball. And, and specifically, I kind of wish Razzle was here. Because yesterday, he was like, boys, I'm putting in the baseball sweats for the night. And I said, Razzle, please. Put the mortgage, put the house, put put every penny in our shared account, in our shared you know betting account, put it all on the Dodgers. He did not do that. And halfway through the game yesterday, you guys were both killing me. Oh, the Dod- they, they're, they're dead in the water. Atlanta's got this, blah, blah, blah. Uh, baseball Matt was saying the same thing in the in the side chat. The Dodgers, the Dodgers came back in very dramatic fashion, and they look good doing it. They look good doing it. Stevie. The Dodgers will beat the Braves in this series, right? No, 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 no. Now the Let's now now there there were two teams yesterday that had epic comebacks: the Astros and the Dodgers. One of them 
I believe made it a series. Well, we know one of them cheats, but one of them turned, you know, what, you know, one of them saved their season and turned it into a series. And it was not the Dodgers. I mean, the Dodgers right now, you know, they saved, they just delayed. The Braves have them where exactly where they want them to be. All those arms are exhausted. They got a bullpen game coming up either today or tomorrow. Scherzer pitching, scheduled to pitch Friday. Don't, Scherzer don't, looks don't, like don't he's done. Don't, don't do I will. I will. Because you know it. what? Everyone is seeing what I've seen for several years, which is he, he's not an elite pitcher anymore. And that's my, my – You're Rizzo right now. This is Rizzo's – Well, I, I mean, I, I see what Rizzo saw, okay? And I think maybe Rizzo saw got it from me. But uh, – the one who's shocking me right now is Trey Turner is really having a tough time at the plate. And I don't know what's going on, but he's he's hitting into double plays. He is not seeing the ball. He's popping it up. He's getting under the ball. You know, the I mean, he had that infield single yesterday, which, of course, you know, with his speed. But um, really surprised to see that. But that's the whole Dodgers team outside of that Bellinger home run which was epic. I mean, he took a fastball probably chin high and hit it about 450 feet uh, to save their season. I mean, but can we just talk about this playoffs in general? I mean, you, Joe, you're, you're a, a more than a casual fan, but but more l- less than an avid fan. I mean, how fun are these baseball games? I mean, it, I don't know what they compare to, but it's just awesome to watch. It's awesome to see the fans. It's awesome to see that energy. So I'll, and they're I'll tell excited. You, you're, you're right. These are like basketball has series. Like every every sport, for the most part, with the exception of football, has like you, your playoffs are a series of games. The thing that I love about baseball is that the series is continuous. It's it's every day, right? The same teams we saw play yesterday, they're playing today. There's and and this is something that I'm learning over the years. Really, a couple of years ago when the Nats were competing at this time of year I was paying more attention you were you and, and and Matt were kind of coaching me through it all and I was learning the strategy behind it there is so much that's happening in a 24-hour period between not even 18-hour period before as one game is ending and you're already planning for the next one you, you mentioned bullpen game there's so much strategy that goes into it and it's every day right it's every single day with the NBA you got to wait you know usually it's a Sunday Tuesday Thursday thing or sometimes it's a Monday, Wednesday, Friday thing, like early in the playoffs, and then they they start padding the schedule to account for TV and whatever. Baseball doesn't do that, and I love that. The only thing I wish baseball would do differently is move the games earlier so that my kids can stay up and watch it so people can go, you know, during the day, especially like this time of year. Like it's fall, people want to be outside, whatever. I understand TV ratings and blah, 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 but there's enough teams playing and there's enough games. It would be nice to see some of these games a little bit earlier in the day. Yesterday, we got we got to one early and one late. It was perfect. Like, today, today you got a five o'clock game. Exactly. So, like, those things are great, and it's important for the younger generation of the fans to be able to attend these things in person or at least stay up, like, come home from school excited and turn it on and watch it because everyone else, otherwise, you're just watching game recaps on, on Google or YouTube or whatever, right? So, that, that's what I love about the baseball playoffs. I'll tell you, and this isn't really a hot take, but to me, they, they compare it to Champions League soccer. And I know no one cares about soccer, but the thing about Champions League is you're going to see, you're going to see the, the, you know, you're going to face an opponent, you're going to play them home and away. It's going to be spaced out a week, but it, there's so much energy for that game. There's so much buildup. The fans travel from one city to another, all across Europe to do it. That like, There's just something about Champions League that to me, and I know it's 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 a little weird for people that maybe don't don't follow soccer, international soccer in particular. There's just something about how that tournament is set up that, to me, feels a little bit like like the baseball playoffs. Baseball playoffs are 
I mean, they're quickly becoming one of my favorite three, four, five week stretches of the entire like sporting calendar because they come at a time as hockey is, is back and we're watching the Caps and the Caps are doing some good things here in D.C., the Wizards are going to be taking the, the court as well. The NBA is back. Football's, you know, a quarter of the way, a little bit past a quarter of the way through the season, almost closing in on half. Like, this is a great time of year for sports. The baseball playoffs just amplify all of that, right? And and for me, again, casual, less than avid, more than casual fan, I'm still cheering for the guys and the, and the, the names that I know and that I care about. I will never cheer for the Astros, right? So, so seeing, like, that series, that was an interesting series last night, too. I mean, you, you mentioned it. The Red Sox seemed like they... They never seemed dead, right? The Dodgers seemed dead and then were able to come back. The Red Sox never seemed to actually be not able to compete. I, I Ultimately, I think the Astros are going to get past them, but I'm curious what your take is on that series in particular. Like it's not, like we're split on the Braves and, and the Dodgers. Who do, you, who do you actually see coming out of the, uh, on the other side? I mean, I, I, well, like, I just like the Red Sox. It's it, just something about that team. Well, the, the Red Sox offense right now, I mean, when you got back-to-back grand slams in, in two consecutive innings in game three, I mean, their their offense is clicking in every way possible. J.D. Martinez, Bogarts, uh, Renfro, um, you know, all, all these guys are just cr- – Kyle Schwarber, of course. They, they are – their offense right now is carrying them through. They're not even making it – close in those first couple of games they had a chance to go up 3-1 yesterday they in the eighth inning i mean again you go back to that strategy you have six outs to be up 3-1 mm-hmm. you bring in nathan yavaldi your starter your ace to come in and get at least three outs it looked like he could have gone two innings on a bullpen day and he gives up the double to correa walks uh um I can't remember who. I think it was Kyle Tucker, and then gives up uh, the big single uh, to to I think Josh Reddick. And so you you now you went from six outs away from three one to two two, and you've used Yavaldi for about thirty pitches. So now where does that leave you? You know, if your offense is not clicking the way it was, they weren't able uh, to kind of come back. And so you know, I think. Yes, I think the Astros are the better team and the more experienced team and now have the better arms in the in the bullpen and rested for the next this couple of games. You're not cheering for the Astros. No, nobody cheers for the Astros. Okay, okay. not even I'm Houston people. But nobody cheers for the Astros. No one okay. in baseball. Carlos no one Correa. of Houston cheers for the Astros. No, no, Carlos Correa's mother doesn't cheer for Carlos Correa. Okay, he's a terrible person. What's about okay. Dusty? Oh, you gotta love Dusty though. You, yeah. you gotta love Dusty. He was doing but, a strut out there. Yeah, I was like, Dusty's oh, I cool. I that strut. <laughs> Dusty's cool, but uh, yeah, he's tied himself to the devil, kind of. So uh, you know, yeah, I do think the Astros are going to be okay. I think the Braves. I mean, the Braves still have their aces coming up. So Charlie Morton pitched yesterday. I think Max Freed is on the books for tonight. Max Freed has been untouchable uh, this postseason. So. You know, they're still up 2-1. They can get a win tonight. They go up 3-1. They still have got, you know, Dodgers have another bullpen day potentially tomorrow because Max and Urias have had to pitch all these different relief efforts. I mean, it was like us in 2019. I mean, if we go back, I don't, I know we're not talking about 2019, but what we did in 2019, we had no bullpen. We had no bullpen. We didn't trust anyone. It was 
Scherzer would hand the ball to Strasburg, would hand the ball to Corbin, would hand the ball to Annabelle Sanchez, and back in, I mean, it was crazy. He had Corbin pitching, you know, sixth, seventh, and eighth inning after two days, after, you know, two days after starting. It's incredible what Strasburg did. I mean, all these guys. So, Stevie, do you think the weather what, factors in, though? Do you think the weather well, truly factors in? Like, LA is a much more mild climate, right? In DC, it's cold. Like at night, it's it's cooler, right? I mean, does does the weather actually factor in? Atlanta's a warm city too. Yeah, but wait a second. It's been cold in these games. I think Mookie. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Trey Turner hit a ball, and they were down one, and he hit a ball top of the ninth that hit the warning track. At any other time outside of October 18th or whenever that game was, that's a home run. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, the, the the weather does play a factor, uh, you know, and it's only going to get colder. And it's cold in L.A. I mean, you've been in L.A. plenty of times. You know, you hit 7, 8 p.m. and that sun goes down. It, Whoa, it's chilly. It's, uh, is it cold, Steve? Really? Is it well, cold? we both can agree L.A. is a dump anyway. So that, oh, that's well. what we both can agree on. Okay. California is a hellhole food. right now. But, good food. Um, I mean, I was there recently. I had I had the, the pleasure of in and out And I will tell you, I don't remember it. I remember it very differently. I, I think uh, our buddy uh, Pete is right. I, I think it's uh, Five Guys is is a superior burger. It really is. It really no, is. No, I'll take Shake Shack over Five Guys. You take it over In and Out. Just there's something wrong See, with the, I, the whole. Like my, maybe just because I'm look at my look at my body. Like I'm all about the animal style, but it just doesn't sit right anymore. It's too heavy. The the burger's too small. There's no bacon, which is Peter's whole bit, right? Like how can you be a burger spot without bacon? You, you used to, you know, I, I just passed by Foster's. You used to get me on Foster's. Well, yeah, hey, I, I love, I'm a sucker for flame, flame grilled anything, right? I love Foster's. Where, where'd you, where were you that you saw Foster's? I was at the Petco in Vienna, okay, getting my dog groomed. Yo, give them a call. See if they want to sponsor the show. Probably the only two people that will ever talk about Foster's on, on, on the radio or on uh, podcast airwaves or whatever. Okay, well, so I'm going to reach out to Joe at some point tonight and tell him to put money on the Dodgers. On my behalf. I, I just feel like they're going to win tonight, too. You, it doesn't seem like you're with me on this, though. No, I wouldn't do that. I'll tell you. Um, let me see the pitching matchup. Because if Max Freed's pitching, uh, you got um, – the, the the Braves have not decided. Uh, Julio Urias is pitching. I don't know if he's going to get through five. I mean, he pitched relief, I believe, two nights ago. So, uh, I mean – Right now, they're they're struggling, and they're just trying to put together these innings. You know, props to Dave Roberts for trying to piece it all together. Um, you know, but outside of Walker Bueller, they have no one that they really trust to get them through longer than five innings. Max has proven he can't get through five innings anymore. You're just – you're such okay. a Rizzo right. fanatic. Okay. Talk to yeah. me about the Washington football team defense again. Yeah, let's see how right you were about that. Oh. Uh... Well, they look. They addressed their biggest problem, which was kicking. So, you know, they should win. The, they should be able to beat the Packers now because the the kicking the kicking woes have been solved. So, if the Washington Football Team and the Packers agree that the offenses will purposely not go closer than the thirty yard line and only kick field goals, I th- we might have a chance. We might have a chance. We might have a chance. But I don't know what the hell Ron is doing, and and I don't know what's going on, man. Honestly, and. And there's something to be said about quality of life when you don't have to watch this team in, in, in real time. You know, there's it's comfortable sometimes to be able to click, skip 30 seconds at a time and just get through it. Um, so that yeah, we, 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 do show we, we watch enough. We, we know what's going on. Exactly. You know, <laughs> we know that's what we're going to call this episode. We've seen enough. 
right? Yeah. We've seen enough. FP titled the last one third and less because no matter what it is, we're not going to convert. This one, we already know. We already know. Stevie, thank you for making some time. Midday show. I got to be honest, Stevie. I like I it. I like the middays. I like it. I like I it. I like the middays. Makes me feel like Grant and Danny. Yeah, uh, maybe one day we can we can we get maybe one day we'll be there. You know, the Joe and Stevie drive home show. Who knows? We could even potentially fire these up and do this every day. I, I would love to. You know how I feel about this gig. I, I I truly enjoy it. But midday shows a little bit of energy. There's a little bit of sunlight coming through. It's just you know I'm not. It's just nice. It's nice. So I appreciate you making time. We covered a lot of topics. We're gonna get this cleaned up and posted. Thank you everyone who watched live, who tuned in. We really appreciate you. The show is available on all platforms, on all social media platforms and all podcast platforms as well. Just search Defeating the Curse or DTC. We appreciate you very much. For Stevie, my name is Joe. Until next time, we're out.